recording. Video is recording. Welcome to No Instructions number eight. I'm Bob. And I'm Josh. What's up? Hey, man. Hey. It's like we've been together all day long. But hey, know. you know, you know. Um, yeah. So what are we? What are we doing today? We are finally, finally, done with the helicopter. Yeah. The ghost is on hiatus momentarily. Yes. Because we're doing the Lego Voltron. Lego Voltron. But I'm selfish. And mm -hmm. I want to do this by myself. Okay. So. What did you do? I got you a Lego Voltron. <laughs> so we both have Voltron to do. <laughs> I'm going to hug this Voltron. We both have Voltron to do. And that was probably really I'm going to hug Sorry. you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought it would be more fun to like each do our own. I'm so happy. <laughs> but we have to work at the same pace. You can't come in here and like work on it. Well, okay, this set is kind of perfect because it's individualized. Okay. I can make a lion and we're right. gonna be done. Make another lion be done. It's not the mass. Yeah, it is incremental. It's by it's nature. multiple multiple sets in one rather than a big set. I mean, it is a big set. So this thing, uh, for anybody listening, if you're watching, then you can see this, but this is a 2,321-piece set. This is a very large box. It's probably, what, I don't know, 20 inches tall, 4 inches wide. It's, it's about the size thick. of a, a grown man's torso. Yeah, it's it's big. It's really big. So, yeah. so we're going to start this. And I would assume that each bag is its own lion. Oh, wait, I see bag 14. <laughs> so I, I was this wrong. This has a perforation in the top, like a cereal box. Oh yeah, the bigger ones do, so that you that can close awesome. the box. Yeah. Yeah, oh, you there can. There is an encyclopedia that comes with this. Yeah, multiple books. We're gonna go ahead and get the loud out of the way. I'm gonna go for low numbers. Now, I'm, number one was on top for me, so I'm just I'm I was gonna start there. So each line does have its own book, which is kind of cool. And then there's a number six book for I guess probably transforming and connecting the whole thing. I yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, and making the sword and the shield. I want to make a sword. I don't think that'll take very long, but that sword, I've been very impressed with the design of it. Yeah. Number one. Sweet. Very cool. We'll do... Alright, get the noise out of the way. Ready? Here it goes. Man, this is an exciting noise. Smoosh. Is that the official sound? Did we come up with an official sound? Sure, the crash? It's more of a crash than a smoosh. Sploosh. Like. Ew. You don't want that. <laughs> nope. Okay. Alright. Objection. Fair enough. <laughs> Okay, so the first three bags, you can get the yellow lion bag. Three bags? Yep. One, two, three. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, definitely not doing all three bags today. Um, just for anybody listening, um, my kids did just get home from school, so there's lots of upstairs noise. We can talk about that. Uh, we can. School starting. Oh, yeah. So have your kids started school yet? Yeah, so we have started... Uh, actually, we haven't started our official like homeschool year because we tried to keep the same year as the you know public school kids. 
But we also do a homeschool co-op, which is a, a classical education method. It's just a, a group of people, and there's a bunch of them there nationwide. This town has two of them, and my wife just became the leader of one of them. So she is the director. Presidente. Yeah, she's the, the dictator of this one <laughs> um, faction. I'm going to keep with that, that, that whole rhetoric. That's, that's pretty awesome. The faction of this homeschool community. And they had their first uh, co-op meeting yesterday. And so she the, said it went perfectly. So She's, the students haven't started yet. Uh, yeah, they did. Oh, yeah, all the okay. all the kids were there. Oh, I see. I <clears throat> but like our the Price Institute hasn't officially, I guess, started at our house. I see. The co-op thing has started. Gotcha. Yeah, my kids started school uh, not last week, but the end of the week before. It started on like a Thursday. Mm-hmm. I guess it's kind of get the first two days, like throwaway days, out of the way. I guess um, my youngest started school. Right. Went into kindergarten, and that's kind of weird. I mean, it's cool. It's very cool. I'm not upset about it or anything, but it is definitely different. You know, we're so used to having. So the ages of my kids are ten, nine, seven, and five. So basically, we had about eight and a half, nine years of diapers, somewhere in there, straight. We had people starting school pretty much every year or every other year for several years. You know. And so it's kind of like a big change to actually be at a point where it was a big change to have everybody out of diapers. It was a big change to where now everybody's at school. It was a big change when everybody could get themselves dressed. You know, like moments like that where you're like, wow, that whole thing that we've been doing for a long time is now Like I don't have to do it anymore. Different. Yeah. So it's cool that he's in school. It's also just kind of different and weird to get used to. My wife has for the past couple of weeks been like taking advantage of not having, you know, someone to entertain all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, you know, something she's just kind of adjusting to, but it's cool. That's one thing I'm kind of not really worried per se, but like when my wife homeschooling, um, like when she stops or when she's done, it's kind of like she's out of a job. Hmm. Yeah. Like it, it's been such a major part of like our family identity and I mean, it's it's you know far away now because my kids are eight, four, and almost three, so we're almost out of pull ups. So we're out of diapers, but yeah, my daughter, like, she won't poop, and I'm trying to like, no, like pooping is awesome. You just get to hang out like by yourself. That's true. Nobody wants to be with you during that yeah, time. Yeah, so it's, it's a really it's perfect. Yeah. Utah. Like she doesn't understand right now that it's alone time because she busts in every time we're trying to go to the bathroom. But like, no, yeah. you just get to hang out. And so she she's in that stage where she won't pee, but she has just this affinity to poop in in a toilet and hmm. trying to convince her of the flaw in that logic. And she won't hear it. Well, I mean, you know, like with all kids, it's just like it doesn't work until it works. And then all of a sudden they yeah. they start to understand it. And even if they don't get it all of a sudden, at least like, I don't know. That's the way it went with our kids. It wasn't something we had to fight them with. It just took a long time to get them to like say, oh, like not sitting in my own crap. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. And then after they get that, then they're like, oh, well, maybe this is worth the effort to try to do it. Maybe you don't do it every time. but Maybe my parents aren't so stupid on this one thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, how's that going with uh, Flynn in kindergarten? Is he having that same kind of thought process? Uh, he likes it. I mean, he. I, we were talking to lunch today that he's been so used to being with older kids, his older siblings, that he's basically one of those kids. 
So I think he feels a little like like they have to take naps. That was the first first day he came home and I'm like, how was school? You've been so excited about it. And he was like, it was okay. I'm like, what What happened? What's wrong? He's like, we had to take a nap. <laughs> I'm like, That's pretty awful, man. Sorry about that. How dare but, they? But I think it's like something that he feels like he's bigger than because he hasn't had yeah, a nap for true. a couple of years now. You Babies know? do that. Yeah. And now they're forced to put their head down on their desk for, I don't know, it's probably like 15 or 20 minutes. But for, at least for the first few days, that was a thing that troubled him. He was just like, I mean, I like it. It's fun, but we have to take a nap. I'm like, man, it's not really that bad. So, but he hasn't complained about that since. Uh, well, in the last. It's just defeated three or four him and days. beat him down already. And he's like, I guess. Yeah. So he's liking it though. And cool. we're already seeing where, you know, it was hard for us to get him. Like, you know, he'd learn his letters and stuff and he'd kind of get away from them and forget them. And he'd. You know, he, he was writing some, but not a ton. Mm-hmm. And so now he's coming home with like these papers that are obviously he's practicing letters, specific letters. And so it's like you can see improvement just from him having some dedicated time to it. So whereas we didn't do enough of that on our own, I guess. But so it's cool. He's, he's digging it. And the other ones are enjoying stuff as well. It's, it's just weird. You know, they're when they get older, they and they're in school, they run into new things. So my oldest is in fifth. And so he's running into new ways to say things, not necessarily bad ways to say things, mm-hmm. but like he's picking up new words from people, new ways to describe things. And it's just weird because he'll come home saying stuff I've never heard before. And I'm like, what? Like he's, he was the other day was saying like, he was drawing something and he was drawing intentionally drawing a goofy looking something animal or something. He was like, yeah, it's like a derpy something. And I'm like, where, where did that come from? <laughs> He's like, it's not a bad word. And I'm like, well, no, it's, I guess it's not a bad word, but it's like, like, why, why would you use that? Like, what's the, he was like, I don't know. It's just something that we say about. I'm like, hmm, okay. <laughs> I guess there's nothing wrong there, but you know, it's just weird. You can pick up on all kinds of the cool kid slang you don't understand. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, I knew the word, but it's just, Toads, it's weird dude. to, and, you know, and at the same time, like I remember how I spoke when I was in second grade and the language that I used mm-hmm. and we've lucked out that our kids don't talk like I talked. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not complaining. I mean, it's, it's, it's good, but it's just weird to see them change and, you know, pick up new things. My daughter dealing with uh, ways that other girls her age act out that she's never acted out. Lots of emotions like flying around. Kind of? Well, n- not really. More just like dealing with emotions and overreacting, being dramatic, things oh. like that. She's never really been that. You know, everybody, every kid is that way to a point. But now she's seeing a lot more of that happen because there are other people her age who overreact. Does she see the futility in it or she's like, oh. Maybe. Yeah, I think it's that a combination. Gets what she wants. No, I think it's a combination out. of okay. like, wow, people do that, mm. and like people my age can act like that. And then she also is like, ooh, I don't, I don't want. To. But then naturally she tests it out. Well, I gotta too. try this out. See yeah. if this is worth anything. So that's kind of frustrating and kind of strange. But I, she does have a good enough head on her shoulders to realize that it's not really gonna do a whole lot for her, especially with us. Like we don't put up with that junk and say, homie, don't don't play that. And just watch her like, what (laughs) What does that mean? Yeah, so how are yours doing with school? It's good. This is the first year that my middle son who is four is like starting, starting school. 
we always like these are your shapes and these are your colors and like you can kind of color this thing while uh, my oldest son like gets his his uh like his curriculum like his actual work work and <clears throat> excuse me and so this year my four-year-old is in like the co-op like he's not in the nursery anymore mm. he's in the big leagues <laughs> and he likes it like and there's things that i mean i'm here at work that my wife is doing every day and she makes those little incremental changes and then i come home i'm like wait a minute you did what yeah you learned how to do all this stuff? like he can write his name mm. his name is isaac and he hasn't asked me why there is a ridiculously redundant a in his name yet <laughs> i don't have a good answer for um but he just like can write his name hmm. and he can write his name in Probably almost as good as his eight-year-old brother. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Like, Deacon's doing cursive. He can mm. write in cursive better than he can write in regular script. And that's really impressive to me. And hmm. how I saw that as completely unnecessary, I was like, cursive is dumb. Why are you even going to waste your time teaching cursive? And I, I guess it has its merit in some circles, I suppose. But it it's easier for him to write. I wonder why that is. I wonder if there's something about... It's just the fluidity, maybe, of yeah. the motion. I'm not sure. Or how things are connected versus being separate starts and stops within a writing a, a single thing. Yeah, because he's always had huh. trouble, like, when he writes an A. Like, he'll make a circle and then make the line, and sometimes those two things won't connect where it looks like an I and an O and not, like, a uh, lowercase right. A. Yep. So I'm like, is the mechanics of you having to, like... And, and over time, you learn that you can just kind of make that. But I think... Like cursive has informed the way that I write now, even though I don't exclusively write in cursive. When I write some letters, they will tend to like flow together in one pen mm -hmm. stroke. And if you exclusively learn uh, like script writing where everything has a start and a stop and you pick it up. And so I think cursive is helping. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have said that unless I would have seen my son like actually get better at writing be with this new introduction of. Hmm. Uh, what I thought was a completely useless, like, unless you're going to be a calligrapher. <laughs> if you want to write fancy for your whole life. Mm -hmm. Well, that's cool. I mean, it's people take to different things and, you know, that's, that's cool that it's, he's better at something, you know, rather than getting worse at something. Yeah. <laughs> like that's frustrating. Pick and, up a new skill and you're worse at it than you were at the other thing. <laughs> and at a, uh, the homeschool co-op that we go to every week, they have to give a presentation. So they stand up in front of the, the group oh. of people and they have to present something. That's cool. So it's kind of like a show and tell. Sometimes it is based on like the information that they're learning. And sometimes it's just, you know, get up and tell us something. And this week it was pretty much a show and tell because it was the first week. And then they have family presentations. So I think next week is our family presentation. Oh, wow. I th I'm pretty sure. What did I do? So that's the entire family's involved or yeah. some part of the family's? No, involved? like the whole family is supposed to be involved. I've never really gone to it because I've always been at work. But I don't know. Hmm. I, might, I might go and uh, actually be part of yeah. my family in this thing. Huh. Yeah, but Deacon got up and like he made a Lego ship. And he told everybody all about this Lego ship that he made and what it does and why he chose to put things in certain places and... Isaac found some painted rocks on a couple of their hikes that he's been holding on to, like a security blanket, and he showed everybody <laughs> his cool rocks. And it's just little things, but yeah. there's structure to it, and they set expectations. Like, okay, whenever you're giving a presentation, you know, you introduce yourself, you talk about your thing, how it's relevant to you, and then ask if there's any questions. And then you as an audience, which I thought was a really good point to make, <clears throat> excuse me, was that 
when you ask a question, it does not turn into an anecdote about yourself. It doesn't say, like, oh, well, I had one of those things or I had this. Like you ask a person so that they can tell you more about their hmm. subject or their thing or their presentation topic rather than turning it around and making about yeah. you. Right. And so they set that expectation early, which I think is really easy for kids to go like, well, I built a ship and I went on a walk with my mom one time. And so they they teach them not only how to present in front of people, but also how to be effective and engaging audience. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty important. Yeah, I thought hmm. that was very neat. That is cool. I mean, at that young of an age to have to, on a regular basis, get up in front of people to do anything is probably a really good idea. Yeah. Because I know like a lot of kids won't have to be in that situation until they're in like junior high or so, mm-hmm. you know, and you like, you may have to do some sort of presentation or maybe like late elementary school, but that's like, you're getting into the most awkward years of your life. Mm-hmm. And then to throw in the, oh yeah, now you have to be awkward in front of all the people that you think are making fun of you all the time. Yep. That's a kind of bad way to start that. So that's a good idea. I like it. I, I really enjoy that. Like the classical education method. I know, uh, uh, Destin has his kids in a classical school. Hmm. They don't homeschool, but it's a it's a school that has the same kind of principles, and they probably do some of the same things very similarly. But it's stuff that I wouldn't have thought was important. Like they're still learning about Egypt and Mesopotamia, and that's what they were doing earlier. Yeah, they were doing on Monday. They had little maps, and they were all circling all those things. And but yeah, that piece about like get up and talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these are skills that you're going to need, event, you know, your entire life. So might as well start now. Yeah. And so that's what I really like about that place. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I had something that I thought of. Oh, yeah. So one thing is interesting. I found out about our school that we got kids go to public school. They have this program. And I can't remember the name of it. It's like Watchdogs or something like that. But it's a it's a program specifically for dads where a dad can sign up get a background check and then they basically become a helper slash security guard at the school Hmm. like one day a month and so you schedule it whenever's good for you you go in and you're just there to help the kids and help the you know and it's basically just a way to get dads involved which i think is really cool Mm -hmm. um and especially you know they're good public schools, but in any situation like that, there are going to be a bunch of kids who don't have dads, who don't have father figures, who see their teachers as one thing and their dad as a different thing. Yeah. And so it's interesting that they are trying to bring dads in in a capacity in the school for multiple reasons. I think it's for the dads, for the connection with the kids, but also to be an example for kids who don't have dads to show like and think about that. dads can be here and be helpful and be, mm-hmm. you know, not awful. Because I think a lot of them, their experience with dads is they're awful. Especially with, I mean, any male uh, figure in public school, like most of the teachers are females. Mm-hmm. And so they may have like the PE coach or whatever might be the guy, but to see real men and they're actually doing some good and helping. And I'm sure that it can help people with security measures and things like that also. And so my neighbor works for the high school. And he is one of the football coaches, but I guess when he's not coaching football, he's not, I don't even know how to describe it. Like he walks around and he works with some of like the troubled students. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, you just kind of go like mean mug all the kids whenever they're, they're messing around. He was like, no, no, no. He's like, kind of sometimes you go in and you flash a dirty look You're like, Hey, you better shape up kind of look. And then he's like, but I guess there's just kids that are troubled and 
mm-hmm. you know, have disciplinary issues or whatever. And that's what he kind of specializes in. And I guess it doesn't hurt. He's a gigantic, burly, you know, bald guy. He should be a fireman. Yeah. Well, and a coach is often a good person in that capacity because they already know have to, they already have to know how to deal with a young person to get them to push past their natural tendency. So I think a coach would probably, because I know like my wife's dad did some of that. He was also a basketball coach, football coach um, for the girls teams, mostly I think. But he did some of that too, where he would always be the guy who was in charge of the after school, like kind of, you know, uh, when kids would get in trouble and they would have to stay after, he was always the one that got there and had to deal with them. Mm. And I think some of the coaching stuff kind of carried over there. Did you ever get detention? That's the word I was looking for that I couldn't find. I'm here to help. Um, I feel like I got detention maybe one time, but I don't even remember when or what it was for. Did you? Yeah, a couple times. Do you know why? Do you remember why? Because of my smart mouth. Ooh. That <laughs> I, makes sense. Yeah. I think anybody that really knows me, would, if I did anything, it was, I sassed quite a bit. Um, I, <laughs> I didn't accept, like, you just need to do it like this. I go, well, you know, that's not good enough. And I think what you're doing is kind of subpar. And I don't know how often <laughs> you get uh, like performance evaluations, but my name is Josh and I'm I'm a walking, talking performance evaluation. <laughs> a lot of people, surprisingly, did not take kindly to that. So that's a surprise to you? Mm. I mean, at the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, why are we doing this? This is, this is not effective. And they didn't want to hear that from, you know, ninth or tenth grader. Hmm. So we had in-school suspension. Did you guys I, have that? I've heard of that, but I don't think we had that. I think it's a huge sham. Is ah. it? Is it like you just get taken out of class to spend time in a box somewhere? You have to go sit in like, I think we sat in the lunchroom. And during, it was just, during school? Yeah, because it's in school. IS has in-school suspension, hmm. which was you just, I don't remember if I didn't go to class, but I just had to like sit. And hmm. like you could work on your homework, but you couldn't talk. What? And so I just worked on my homework in school. And I'm like, this didn't teach me any lessons. Yeah. It gives you more free time after school, if anything. I thought it was great. I just kind of got a break. I got to go hang out. It was quiet. There was a couple people that I knew, but like you couldn't really socialize with them, which was fine. I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to talk to that kid anyway. <laughs> I don't like people anyway. Yeah, I don't like I don't want to go. I'm like, so I just have to sit here. And they're like, yeah, think about what you did. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not. Because I don't think I'm wrong in the first place. Right. So if anything, you're just going to make me stew and validate in my own mind what it was that I was doing correct. Hmm. Which is completely opposite of what they were intending. Yeah. Ooh, I'm going to use the part separator. Ooh. I don't know how. It's a brick separator. Brick separator. Oh. Somebody, I don't remember who it was. Somebody left us a comment somewhere, sent us a tweet or something, explaining when that was brought into the Lego verse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of cool. That's very handy. Somebody actually, oh yeah. I immediately was going to go to like, I'm just going to bite these off. And I'm like, oh, I've got the fancy tool. Yeah. No teeth. No teeth. All right. So do we have a topic? We had a thing. Didn't you? You had a thing you want to talk about, right? Yeah. Well, we have some more. Or not, I have my cache of pros and cons from Brent that are pretty good. We can do later if we want to. If we have time. I know you have a deadline. Yeah. But I was since we're doing the Voltron set, I thought... Um, some reboots, like your thoughts on reboots, some good ones, some terrible ones. Hmm. Since we, this kid is modeled after the OG Voltron, but the Voltron on Netflix is pretty awesome. It is. Have you watched that show? Mm-hmm. All of it? 
uh, what, three seasons? I don't know how many seasons are in right now. I think they're in like six, five or six. That's crazy. I'm in season two. I mean, I'm not that far. Yeah, like Deacon really, really likes it. He likes it more than I He's seen it more than I have, but hmm. he's engaged. I think I, it's very well done. I started, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I was watching it on the treadmill um, when during, over the winter when I was running inside. And then now that I've started running outside, I haven't really caught up with any of it. Uh, but my kids saw one or two episodes, just didn't didn't do anything for them. My youngest is kind of interested when it's on, just because it's TV, I think. But um, yeah, they didn't. But they have no context for it either, so I don't really expect them to like. Oh, Voltron! It's just like another show with people in costumes that go into a thing and they transform into a thing, you know. But I enjoy it. Um, I didn't watch a whole lot of the original Voltron. I had Voltron books, like, not comic books, but kind of like storybooks and activity books. And then somebody I knew had the toys. You know, and I knew of it, and I thought it was cool, but I didn't really watch it. I didn't have any context for it. I didn't really know much about the story or any of that stuff. So I don't really have anything to compare the new one to, the reboot, to, but I do enjoy it as its own thing. I've messed something up here. Would you do? No, that's right. <laughs> I watched some of the old Voltron. Um, I didn't know that there were as many types of Voltron as there are. Like, there's Car Voltron. Do you know about Car Voltron? No. Yeah, instead of lions, there's cars. It's like the U.S. version. Like the Voltron that we're putting together was the Japanese version. And this kit is cool because it it came to the states. So like those numbers. Mm-hmm. Apparently, when the Lion Voltron came to the States, they wanted them to be labeled as to not confuse people. So that's why they're stickers. I did hear that. But there's... Wait, so the, the car version was the, the U.S. version? From so, what I understand. Huh. Something I, I have not up here. I have not heard that at all. All right. Well, what's another reboot that you have? How about a reboot, reboot that you have not liked? Something awful. There's so many to, to pick from. <laughs> I had a list that I was starting because I can't remember anything. Um, did, did you see the Beauty and the Beast, the live action Beauty and the Beast? I did not. It was my bad. Da- my daughter loved it, but I didn't see I it. I thought it was bad. I like the first See, one. like, would you, you... I guess that's a reboot. That's like a different medium. It feels... You know? Maybe it is the same thing, but... There's been a bunch of them, like, uh, you know, like the latest Jumanji. There's been a bunch of things that... I haven't seen that latest Jumanji because it looked dumb. I haven't either. Um, But it's interesting, like, how things like that, that weren't really that big in the... I mean, I guess it was a big movie in its time. But it wasn't big in the scale of Voltron or Transformers or, you know, these kind of, like, phenomenon. So it's interesting that something like that would get remade. But at the same time, like they made a Baywatch movie. Which I also didn't watch because it looked stupid. They filmed that in Savannah. I remember because I was down the road and people were all like, you can be an extra in this movie. I'm like, why are they making a like, yeah, no, it's a weird place for them to have picked. But it was funny. Do you know if the movie it's like actually set in Savannah or is it set somewhere else? But I'm sure it's probably set somewhere else. Georgia just has really good uh, discount like tax stuff for people who make movies that's why like most of the stuff is made in atlanta like all the marvel movies are made in atlanta and walking dead's film there and all mm-hmm. that stuff 
I think because Georgia has an abundance of rundown looking kind of like more rural villages or not. Well, villages, that, but like that too. Or, but I think the big thing is the tax credit because like Pinewood Studios opened a studio in Atlanta. This is the Pinewood from mm, the UK. From England. Yeah. So, you know, it's just cheaper for them to make movies there. Now, I've got a couple of friends actually who um, do costuming and they did, they li- used to live in Atlanta and they got a bunch of work for those movies and so like they did some of the hunger games movies there Hmm. and so my friend jill would be like yeah i got to do costumes for jennifer lawrence and so and so and they're really nice (laughs) like cool (laughs) but yeah they did that they did some walking dead stuff and then i think that was all before the marvel things came through anyway uh reboots spider-man was an excellent reboot that needed to happen which one the latest one concur so the one before that was a I didn't watch the one with uh, Garfield. What's the name? Garfield, the Facebook guy. That would be awesome if there was a Spider-Man with Garfield the cat <laughs> as trying to be Spider-Man. <laughs> What's that guy's name? Uh, Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. I did not watch that one. I, I saw the first one of those, but not the second one. Okay, so with the know. reboots, uh, I think I hinted at this once before. I have an irritation with movies, especially comic booky movies. Um, that keep trying to reinvent themselves until they get it right. Like the Fantastic Four, and at the time, like Spider-Man. I don't like it, how they can just arbitrarily, like, oh, now you're going to be Captain America, like Human Torch. Or you're going to be Cyclops, but then you're also going to be in Spider-Man. Like, I don't like that. Well, that only happens, well, not only. It mostly only happens in cases where the the two properties are owned by different companies, and they don't Mm -hmm. care where the person where the actor was before, you know? I get that. I feel it's insulting. To who? Me. As a moviegoer. <laughs> really? They're like, yeah, they're not going to care. Do you care? I kind of do. Why? I don't know. I think it's lazy storytelling. What does that have to do with the story? Or, okay, it's it's lazy casting. But if someone's good for a part, wouldn't you rather have the good person for the part rather than just like, well, we better not use that guy who's perfect for this. I mean, can you think of anybody else who would be Captain America as well as Chris Evans? Mm. No, you can't. For the sake of the argument, no. I'll I'll just say that. Yeah, in that, if they were like, we got our Captain America. He's perfect. And I'm sure someone went, we probably shouldn't use him. Human Torch? I'm sure it came up, yeah, but like, it's not worth not using that person just for... No, I get it. It just, I don't like it. <laughs> you just like to complain about it. No, I just, I don't like it personally. It's something yeah. that I'm, I'm against. I mean, I do think that maybe they could spend more time getting unknown people to play some of those parts. But it, maybe that's just, I don't know. Maybe those movies lose their, some of their draw if they don't have a big name, you know, attached to them. Of course, I don't guess Chris Evans was really that big mm-hmm. before he started doing that. Now he's huge. Literally. He's a big guy. <laughs> he is a big dude. All right. What's another one? Um, did you watch the Roseanne reboot? I did not. Neither did I. I know it was controversial. Did you care that there was a Roseanne reboot? Nope. I Me mean, neither. I did used to watch Roseanne. Mm-hmm. So did I. But I don't think that I was like, yay, Roseanne's on tonight. It was right. like, oh, there's TV on tonight. Look, it's Roseanne. That's cool. I got sent out of the room when uh, Roseanne kissed Mariel Hemingway. Do you remember that episode? I do not. It was the first, like lesbian kiss on like public tv and they had a disclaimer and my parents watched it and they made me leave i'm like why they're like just leave 
And then I found out later on, I was like, oh, because Roseanne kissed a girl. I'm like, ew, who wants to kiss Roseanne was my reaction. <laughs> Not like, ew, yucky, girls are kissing. It was like, gross. Fair enough. Because I don't even remember what, like, I'm sure Dan had to kiss her because they were married or whatever. But like, yeah. <laughs> no, thanks. No, that's funny. Let's see here. This is kind of a crazy set. Mm-hmm. I like it. Me too. But it's kind of crazy. I, I'm... I'm, I'm trying to follow where I'm going. Yeah, you have to flip it around a lot. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, another reboot that has been... How about a good reboot? Okay. Good reboot. Um, see if we can think of one. Tomb Raider. Did you see the newest Tomb Raider? I did not. Okay. I didn't watch the first Tomb Raider, so I was less oh. like excited to watch the other one. So I love... Did you ever play the games? No. Oh, well, that's no fun. Um, I did. I played the first Tomb Raider a lot. My friend Kevin had a PlayStation 1, and he lived in an apartment complex that was pretty far from where we lived. And so I went over there one night with a bunch of people and started playing this game. And I stayed there <laughs> for three days. Whoa. I did not leave his house. And he was. it was like, it was a long, well, it's when I went to college, we had Fridays off. So oh, we, had, convenient. we had four days a week, but the classes were two and a half hours each. Mm-hmm. And so you had five classes, four classes, something like that over four days. No. Yet, well, I mean, you had two of each class and you had four classes, I think. So you had eight periods of two and a half hours or something like that. I don't remember exactly. It's a long, long time ago. Anyway, so you had a whole bunch of class in four days and then you had three days with no class so that you could do your studio type you know, like if you're painting or you're building something or That's whatever. I mean, it was a studio day, but you didn't have to be at class. Anyway, I spent from a Thursday night to like a Monday morning at two or three in the morning playing Tomb Raiders, like nonstop in the dude's living room. And uh, I don't think I even beat the game. I think I got close, but I didn't quite make it, if I remember correctly. But I loved that type of game because it wasn't like, here come hordes of bad guys and I just have to hope that I don't get hit with their bullets and I can, you know, it was like you could hide. There's a lot of, uh, like, puzzles to figure out, mm-hmm. stuff like that. That was Metal Gear Solid for me. Hmm. Did you play that? Uh, once or twice, but it never really hit with me. I loved that game because there were times where, kind of like that, Larry, in a normal game, you're like, I have a gun, I have a knife, I have whatever, like, go and attack and just don't die. And yeah. this one, it was like, if you do that, everybody's going to come get you. So you have to be sneaky. Stealthy, yeah. And you have to think differently about a game. So I think for those same reasons, hmm. it's, I was busy playing Metal Gear Solid. So I played most of the Tomb Raider games, not all of them, because I just lost track over time. Um, but one of the, th- there were like certain movements in the different games that were just like part of, like she would always have to climb across these ladders that were like hanging out over a waterfall or something. So it was like, there's always a climb, like a hanging, walking on a ladder with your hands kind of deal. Mm-hmm. There was always like creeping along the edge of some face where you're flat against the wall. There was always these certain movements that were just very, like this is a Tomb Raider move. Yeah. And so the first two movies that they did were in the spirit of the character, but poorly done. And Angelina Jolie is just not... I was never really a fan of Angelina Jolie. And so I mean, when she was going to play, it was like, eh. yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I guess she's done some good stuff, but she wasn't, that wasn't the spot for her. But it was, the first two movies were about 
the character. Mm-hmm. This one, the newest one, totally different actress. And I can't remember what her name is. They're about, or it's about the spirit of the game. Hmm. And so rather than them focusing on this large chested, like long braided hair mm-hmm. character mm-hmm. for the entire movie, like, oh, wow, you know, like her shirt's not tight enough in this scene, so we should probably make it tighter. Instead <laughs> it, of being that kind of a movie. It should be raining, I think. Yeah, yeah, she needs to be wet here. So instead of that kind of a movie, it was more about like, she's going on an adventure that she doesn't really want to go on. She's stuck in these situations. She has to survive, a, you know, a boat in a storm. And then she has to end up on an island and she has to unlock these secret things and she gets chased down by a bunch of guys with guns and she has to, you know, it's like all of the stuff from the game. And there were literal shots where I'm like, that's like, they almost did motion capture Hmm. in reverse from the game to make that, you know, and there were so many little things. I'm like, that's straight out of the game. That's awesome. Like they actually did it good. And it's not a great movie. I mean, I'm not like everybody needs to go see it, but if you like the games, that one feels like they took the game and they turned it into a movie. So I think it was definitely a worthwhile, while not a great movie and not the greatest movie of that type, it was a worthwhile reboot, I think. But if you don't have any context for Tomb Raider, then it probably wouldn't. It would just be like a bad video game movie. So is that the thing <laughs> or a now? Mediocre it's, one. it's not like, is it is it like the book or is it like is it like the video game? I don't think that's well. I don't know. Maybe. I'm not sure how many other movies are made from video games. Metal Gear Solid could do it. You think so? Mm-hmm. Solid Snake is a Rambo-esque type CIA-ish. Yeah. But like I mean spy movie it could it would be a very stealthy, not a lot of high action stuff. A lot of hand to hand combat and if they were to follow the games, right? Um With, yeah, a lot of blowing up, a lot of vehicles. Hmm. Some mech stuff. I think it'd be a cool movie actually. Maybe sabotage type stuff because he was like he did a lot of like going in and breaking things without getting caught and making things blow up right uh that's kind of an over simplification but yeah hmm. i mean it's there's bad guys and he's the only one because he has a backstory with the bad guy to like go get him and what was up with the people with the wings there were like people with wings right i don't remember there were so many games and i only like i briefly like touched one or two of them and i don't even remember which but i remember there's some character that was like his I don't know, rubber snake or whatever his name was. One of the other snakes. There were other snakes, right? I don't know. I only played <laughs> Metal Gear Solid. Like, okay. It goes back uh, pretty far. Yeah. But that's the only one that I played. Anyway, there was some guy with wings, and I, my friend of mine was playing it, and I just had no idea what was going on. It didn't make any sense. But, yeah. So maybe they'll make that into a movie someday. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've already tried, and it didn't work. That's entirely possible. What's one that you liked? One reboot that you liked? Mm. Man, this is why I had a list. Well, get your list out. I don't remember where the list went. <laughs> reboot that I liked. Did you watch the show Reboot when you were a kid? Yeah, we talked about that. I had. Oh, I watched. I wasn't a super fan, but I remember that show. Mm. I remember it not being bad. The irony of rebooting a show called Reboot. It would be. I never saw it. I don't know anything about it. No, they did it. Really? Yeah. They rebooted Reboot? Yeah, and it's live action. Hmm. It's on Netflix. I think it's like within the last year. Pretty recent. Okay, so uh, Thundercats. (sighs) Yep. Yeah. I saw what they were going to be doing to Thundercats, and it's a Teen Titans Go-esque, like... Adventure Time. It. 
Yeah. It looked super stupid. Okay, well, did you see the one from a few years ago, the first reboot? I saw highlights of it. I didn't watch it, but I saw highlights of it, and I was like, that looked kind of cool. It was good. It was really good. And they didn't finish it. Nobody watched it. They killed it before they finished the first season. Big disappointment. Mm. So we have these new cats we talked about. And I was trying to talk to the kids about, we're, we, you know, we're working on names and we're trying to figure out what to name them. So four kids trying to name three cats is insanity. <laughs> um, but so, I'm, you know, we're talking through all these different options. I'm voting for Nacho and Steven for the two boys myself, but I don't think it's going to win. Uh, and I walked through the names for the Thundercats and realized that the kids had never seen, like they yeah. had probably heard of it, but they had never really seen it. Completely so I was saying these names and the names on their own without the context of having liked the show were pretty stupid. Chitara. Yeah. And like Lionel. Tigra. What's his name? Tigris? Tigra? I guess it's Tigra. Panthro. Panthro. Yeah. Like they're just not great names. And so Snarf. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to sell those as cat names, but... I think Chitara would have had a cooler name. Yeah, yeah. And if our girl cat looked at all like her, that would be a good one, but she doesn't. She looks like a panther. She's not a biped and walk around? <laughs> Skinny waist? No, no. I mean, she's like dark gray and dark fluffy. Cat. Yeah, I know. Right? I was like, why don't you look like the cartoon Do character? Better. Yeah, so the name, those names didn't fly. And uh, it's been really funny trying to get them to come up with names. And... Do they have names yet, or is it still just as temporarily names. until they just become comes they, their name? Yeah, I think they're probably going to end up kind of sticking. They had names when we got them that were the girl who rescued them kind of gave them. And they, they were found in a dumpster, under a dumpster, behind a bank. It's called Magnolia Bank. So she named the girl Magnolia, called her Maggie for short. And then there was Cash. I like that name. Yeah, that one's kind of sticking. And then Tell for Teller, which, yeah. eh, that's the one we don't really like. Yeah. But that's where the names came from. You know, like, kind of interesting. But nobody's really sold on any of them, so I don't know. If, but we also can't decide on better ones. Cyborg is in the running, and I really like that. Hmm. To have a cat named Cyborg would be pretty awesome. Just, I was also shooting for Battle Cat, but I that, can't get... It's, it's a lot of syllables. It's cool. They are pretty much all on board, the two brothers being Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes. And I'm really excited because that might actually happen, hmm. but getting them to officially commit. And I don't know how we would shorten those, Yep. you know, because you don't want to call them that. But, man, it'd be cool because there's two brothers that are similar but not exactly the same looking. So, But you could call a cat whatever you want. Oh, I don't yeah. think the cat's going to Yeah. Well, and that's care. like one of my kids wants to name one of them Mr. Pickles. Sure. And nobody else wants that. So I'm like, man, you can call him anything you want. Mm -hmm. You can call him Mr. Pickles all day long. It's not like you're going to like whistle to the cat and it's going to come gleefully like jogging up to you. They might. You rang? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know where the names are going to stand. I'll keep everybody posted. I've always had really definitive names with animals. What have your animals been named? So we got, man, it was like a month after we got married, we got a boxer. And the boxer's name was Brody. How did you get to that name? Brody was a character on Mallrats, which was a hmm. yeah. um, Kevin Smith movie that at the time I really liked. And I just thought it was a cool name. I wanted to name a kid if we have one, Brody, and Tiff didn't really like it. So as a compromise, like, all right, we're going to get an animal. We'll name him Brody. 
Hmm. It just worked. Yep. And then Brody died, and then we got a rescue dog uh, who was already named. And it's not like a like a kitten or a puppy that you can just kind of like rebrand really quick. Like yeah, it was already established. That dog already answered to her name was Flora, hmm. and not Fauna. I guess I don't know uh. if it was a matched pair, but uh, she responded to that, so that stayed. I feel like these two pieces should have been used somewhere. Yeah, I'd say so. These I used mine. These should not be left over. Uh -oh. <laughs> Uh, well, and then we got, uh, the hedgehog, the deacon named Scotch, which I was completely indifferent on the hedgehog. Like that, that was something that Tiff wanted. I really didn't care. Whatever it was named. I keep calling it a hamster. <laughs> she doesn't enjoy that. Surprisingly enough. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Oh, these go on the bottom. That's easy. And then the dog that we have now, his name is Buckley. And that comes from a Wes Anderson movie called The Royal Tenenbaums. They had this cute little beagle. His name was Buckley. So a lot of movies hmm. that just like a name kind of resonates. And I'm like, I like it. Yeah. It's somewhat unique. It just kind of sticks. Don't really know why. The only name like that that we've taken from somewhere else, uh, our, our lab, Sydney, when we, we had... Um, two labs, they were litter mates and we got them. Jenny was there when they were born. So we've had them pretty much since the beginning, since they were weaned off. Um, but they, one of them, they were both light colored. So one of them naked, you know, without fur looked like a hamster. Mm -hmm. And so the, our friend Tiffany that we got him from started naming him hamster. And then it turned into hammer because his dad's name was hammer. Ah. And then Sydney was named after the character in alias. Do you ever watch alias? Uh, with Jennifer... Yeah. What's her name? Yeah, Jennifer Garner. It was a really cool spy TV show. People, When I was deployed, people watched it, and I kind of half-watched it. Yeah, it was a good show for a while, yeah. and then it got a little wacky, but it was something that we watched when we were first married or dating or something. I don't remember. And so uh, we ended up using that name for the dog, and she's still here. Old lady. Um, but other than that, like, they've all been... I had a rabbit named Aristotle <laughs> one time. Uh, for no particular reason, just pick the name. And then we had a cat. One cat was named Pixie, and I don't remember how that name came about. And then the other one that we got when we first started dating, uh, it took us like four or five weeks to come up with a name for this kitten. We got it when it was really small. And we just could not come up with the right name. So we like asked a bunch of people and got input from people and all this, you know, thought about all these different things. Ended up turning out that he was just a complete turd and just would terrorize everyone in the other cat. And so we named him Bomber because he was a terrorist. And <laughs> that's, that's his name was Bomber. Clever. And we had him for 14 years or something like that until this past year. So, Were you attached to Bomber at all? Um, in the beginning, I liked him a lot because he was fun. And then the older he got, just the more... He wasn't a loving cat in any way. Yeah. He was, he's the kind that would just bite you and just turn on you in, in a heartbeat. Hmm. And he beat up on the older cat. She was a lot smaller than him. He was like a 16, 17 pound cat. He was a big cat. And he would beat up on her and just, he just wasn't cool. Yeah. And so I, over the years, just got to where I didn't really want to have anything to do with him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we just didn't get along. 
but it's, it was mutual. Yeah, it was kind of mutual. It didn't really like me so much. Um, unfortunately, I have to go. So you got to go be husband. I got to go be husband, dad. So um, you started another bag. I'm on bag two. Oh man, you're gonna get. We're gonna get out of sync. All right, I'll stop. Out of sync. Um, cool. Well, where can everybody find you? I find me on Instagram at the PI Workshop. The PI Workshop, and both of us at I like to make stuff. All the places on all the things. And uh, yeah, sorry if it's short this week, rambly, but that's what we do. Mm -hmm. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.